Blog Talk Radio.
if okay all right did uh any of you guys hear anything that I said so far? Just uh, post it in the chat if you heard any of my intro just in or not. So, because if you, uh, because if you didn't, I'll start over. Uh, yes. Okay, you did hear it. Okay. Uh, Michael is an extremely intelligent uh, communicator. And which is one of the things that he does best. And he has been uh, really busy uh, the last few weeks speaking to the uh, the Colorado legislature and uh, to anybody that uh, will listen to him about uh, about the current gun craziness, the gun and ammunition craziness. But what I was about to say is. I think that we need to ask ourselves this question, and that is, why now? Why is it just now? Why is this coming up? Yeah, I know that we have the uh, the Sandy Hook, and God bless and keep those those folks. Uh, but we are at a 100-year low in gun homicides, all right? 100 years. Uh, So why now? Why is this such a pressing issue now? And the only thing I can think of is, you know, you see the guys, uh, you know the the street corner hustlers? The guys, uh, if if you've ever been to county fairs or to uh, downtown New York uh, or Detroit or any of the places like that, you'll see the folks on the street. Uh, running the shell games and stuff, right? Or you see the the card sharp, so the card uh, the card trick folks. And what they may what they do is they they make a a living by getting you to focus your attention on the thing that they put out in front of you and flash around, so that they can move the other hand uh, in order to work their magic. It's no different than the 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 magicians, the stage musicians, the magicians, not musicians. The stage magicians do the same thing, right? You always wonder, they've always had these pretty girls on stage with them. <laughs> it's not because they require pretty girls to do their magic. It's because they require pretty girls to distract you while they are uh, doing their sleight of hand. So it's the same thing, I believe, right now with the government. So what is it? What is it that they're trying to do that they want us to look at this hand that they're holding so hard? They want us to look at this this big uh, flourish of gun laws and stuff so hard because of what? What are they doing? What else are they doing? Why now? Why why is it so important for them to try and have some type of gun control pushed through now? Like I said, we're at a 100-year low in gun violence. In gun deaths, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> there's got to be something else that's going on. Our, our government, uh, and of course, our government is no different than any others. All right, all governments work the same way. They're going to do. They're going to put on some dog and pony show to keep your attention while they run around the other way on to to try and uh, uh, run their end game 
on you for something else. So what is it that they're doing now? That's the question I keep asking myself is what what is their end game on this? Uh, they've got to make a big deal about this so that so that one is it just to distract us from the uh, from the folks like uh, Holder and his crew who have been running their fast and furious. Uh, and like I said, despite the government's involvement in helping to create uh, violence and gun deaths by uh, by smuggling uh, guns to the cartel members, and apparently it seems that they were doing the same thing with selling guns to al-Qaeda uh, during Benghazi, that they're trying to get us to focus on this, or, or what is it? Something's going on. But we don't know what. But something's going on, <clears throat> and uh, and I think that that is going to be the real story. That is what's going on. What's going on in the other hand that they're holding? Okay, they got the one hand that's out there flashing around in front of our faces with gun control. The other hand is doing something else. And if it's something that's worse than gun control, gun control, then what is it? We know we keep hearing about. Uh, <clears throat> about the unbelievable number of uh of guns and ammunition that uh that the government agencies are buying. Uh close to ten thousand fully automatic uh in force and I I believe we talked about this last week that uh, it has to make me laugh because when the government buys machine guns, they call them personal defense weapons. These are their personal defense weapons. That's what the machine guns are. When the American citizens have semi-automatic rifles, not assault weapons, which, of course, there was no such thing as assault weapons until just a few years ago. When the citizens have semi-automatic rifles, those are called assault weapons. When the government has fully automatic uh, machine guns, those are called personal defense weapons. Why do they need, all of a sudden, they need tens of thousands of these and billions of rounds of ammunition? All right, so all right, I'm not, I'm not going to try and get any kind of conspiracy discussion, but but i got to ask, and that is what, what's in the other hand? Uh, I'm going to read you real quick, uh, a real quick uh, opinion piece, and this is from the anti-gun folks. I'm going to try and cut this and cut this and paste it into the, uh, the chat room while I'm talking here. <laughs> and it is uh, from uh, a, uh, a blog called The Daily News, and uh, the title is "The Blind Fury of the Gun Zealots." The Blind Fury of the Gun Zealots. And uh, this is at a rally in New York. And the folks in New York were demonstrating against the gun control. You know, uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, governor of New York, managed to push push through uh, the most comprehensive and uh, the most repressive gun control, uh, group of gun control laws in the nation so far. And uh, and I think that he was doing this. I think that they were doing this as uh, 
the best I can see is that they were doing it as some kind of a test, right? Yeah, some kind of a uh, of a test in the water to see how it's going to fly, and uh, they figured it would be it would get through there fastest and easiest, and uh, and it did. So now they have the folks that are demonstrating here. I'm going to read you what this uh, what this guy is writing about it. This is uh, from the New York Daily News. He says, reasonable people can disagree about the merits of Governor Cuomo's gun control law and the rushed way he pushed it through the legislature. What reasonable people should not do is engage in loose talk about armed resistance against a duly elected government. Yet that line was crossed again and again during last week's pro-gun protest at the state capitol. Behavior-wise, the thousands of demonstrators acted like the upstanding citizens they no doubt are exercising their First Amendment rights in peaceful and orderly fashion. They call themselves patriots, paid tribute to the Constitution, and doffed their hats for the star-spangled banner. Rhetorically, though, lots of people in the crowd seem to be spoiling for battle with their own government. When tyranny becomes law, resistance becomes duty, said a typical sign in the audience. Below that slogan was the image of a military-style semiotic rifle and the words, come and take it. Another sign read, we have the Second Amendment in case the politicians ignore the others. Another, how many bullets do we need to fight tyranny? Impossible to ignore were the pictures of Cuomo wearing a Hitler-style mustache and a Nazi uniform. A brain-dead comparison that has become an all-too-common feature of extremist protests. Less common, but just as disturbing, was the image of an assault rifle emblazoned on a Confederate flag the quintessential symbol of wrong-headed violence in American history. The audience applauded heartily in tribute to the many veterans who were there, but it also loudly cheered the speaker who said, we need guns to protect us from government. Maybe that thinking made sense at the time of the founding fathers, who had just succeeded in overthrowing the rule of a monarchy. Back then, ordinary citizens living on the frontier faced the very real threat of violent confrontations, with Native Americans or British invaders. But applying that logic today, after more than two centuries of stable, democratic, and mostly non-tyrannical government, is crazy talk. Okay, let me read that to you again. But applying that logic today, after more than two centuries of stable, democratic, and mostly non-tyrannical government, is crazy talk. Especially when the law in question is about reasonably limiting the right to bear arms, not eliminating it, the type of action a conservative Supreme Court declared to be consistent with the Second Amendment. Contrast this to last week's rhetoric, Como isn't seizing anyone's guns. His law bans the future sale of assault weapons. People who already own such firearms are free to keep them and use them, provided they register them with local authorities. The law further restricts ammunition clips and magazines to no more than seven rounds, a step designed to lessen the risk of mass shooting. It also requires background checks for all gun purchases, a perfectly reasonable precaution to keep those deadly weapons away from criminals and the dangerously mentally ill. People who oppose the law are fully within their rights to fight it in court, to pressure the legislature to repeal it and to campaign against the politicians who pass in the next election. To their credit, many speakers at last week's rally kept their focus on working within the democratic system. I'm a patriotic American, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association President Thomas King. The rally's organizer told me Monday I would never advocate the overthrow of the government. But other speakers did not shy from whipping up the militants. Westchester Assemblyman Stephen Katz told the crowd that when he came to the gun, he keeps it home to defend his family. He would not comply with the restriction on magazine sizes. 
Mm-hmm. That before I leave home to do the people's work, there will be more than seven rounds in the magazine of my gun, Cat said, openly declaring his intention to break the law. Hopefully the vast majority of protesters will ignore Katz's lead and live up to their billing as law-abiding gun owners. The great danger is that some small minority will buy into the rhetoric, that they'll believe Cuomo is a tyrant and his law a mortal threat. They'll come to perceive government officials, including the police, as enemies. Okay. That's all fine and good. Uh, Other than... uh, well, first let me let me let me contrast this to uh, to the types of demonstrations that they, the liberals love, and that's the kind where where people are uh, defecating on the street and uh, tearing up public property. And uh, he says, behavior-wise, that thousands of demonstrators are acting like the upstanding citizens they no doubt are. However. Uh, I got to tell you that the worst part of it is number one, it's the blind fury of the gun zealots. I don't know that maybe he saw some blind fury, but I, I didn't read anything about blind fury, but that's how they look at it. The worst part of this whole thing is uh, is his description of our government. After more than two centuries of stable, democratic, and mostly non-tyrannical government, it's crazy talk. Let me ask you this. Uh, rather, that, let me let me tell you this. Why don't you ask the American Indians how gun control worked out for them? What about the Japanese? American citizens uh, rounded up and sent uh, to internment camps. How did that work for them? Now they uh, they didn't do anything. They went into the internment camps. So uh, thank God we weren't uh, we weren't torturing and uh, and executing them. <clears throat> but was that enough that uh, that we were taking people? With with no cause of law, with uh, uh, with no due process, we're rounding them up and putting them in internment camps. Same things with the Indians. And like I said, go and ask the American Indians how gun control worked for them. If that was a good process, uh, this whole idea of mostly non-tyrannical government. <clears throat> you now, when it's mostly non-tyrannical government, the same thing with. Uh, with the communists, right? The communist government was mostly non-tyrannical. Now there was that little that little period where 70 million of them were killed, but other than that, it was mostly non-tyrannical. Uh, there's been no case of dictator coming to power that was not preceded by gun control by gun confiscation. First by gun registration, then by gun confiscation, and then by uh, complete dictatorship. Now, am I saying that that's what's happening in this country? Absolutely not. I'm just saying that that 
is what has happened in all the cases where it's happened. That's what's happened. I mean, there is no disputing the fact. That's what happened. That's the way it went. I'm not saying this is going to happen here, and I'm certainly not advocating any type of violence. I'm simply saying that if you look back at history, that is the way that it worked. Gun registration, gun confiscations, and dictatorship. It's because what, what is to stop? You, know, you have the saying, you hear it all the time. Uh, I say you hear it all the time. Maybe you don't, but maybe you should think about it all the time. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. If you have if you have power, there's absolutely nothing to stop you. There's nothing to stop you from making any decision, from doing any deed, from acting in any fashion. Then what is to stop you? Well, really, the only thing it would be would be your own moral and ethical values. Well, what if you didn't have any? What if you were uh, morally corrupt or morally bankrupt? Then what would stop you? And the answer is that the only thing that would stop you would be an outside force. And if there were no outside force, then there is nothing to stop you. The uh, If you go back and you read what the what the men who put together our government, if you read their discussions of this, it leaves absolutely no doubt uh, as to what was in their mind when they wrote in the Second Amendment. <clears throat> and uh, uh, in every case, you'll hear them. Now, these are the people that wrote the document. You'll hear them saying over and over again, that the arms are meant to be in the hands of the citizens to ensure that the government uh, does its job, that the government obeys the citizens. Uh, because without any ability to, uh, to enforce adherence to the Constitution, then, then there's a good chance that uh, the train can get off the track. And... And certainly, people uh, people nowadays will say, "Well, that is no, that's crazy." You know, it's a very archaic way of of thinking because, uh, you know, that was 200 years ago, and yeah, there was uh, British regulars who could invade, and and, and Indians you to defend yourself from, and and we just don't have that now. But we do, we do have that now. Uh, if you don't believe it. Uh, look back just a few years ago, uh, just a few short years ago. Uh, there are still people alive today who experienced it, who went through this, and that is uh, Hitler's rise to power and then the drought that he took Germany through. Now, if you would have went back to 1930s Germany and you would have found a, a the, the most cultured, uh, the most... Uh, uh, the most... Uh, uh, educated populace there in Europe, and if you would ask them if they if they thought that uh, that they could go uh, off the tracks and onto a, a path where they eventually went, uh, I'm sure that that they would say you're crazy. 
There's no way that that could happen. But it did happen. It did. Because, because there was nothing to stop it. There was nothing to stop it. <clears throat> the people had been disarmed. Yes, it can happen. Uh, just because, just because in America we have had no dispute over uh, the fact that the or the fact that we we that we have all the rights that we're meant to have. Uh, doesn't mean that we're always going to have these rights, and uh, and I think that a lot of people, a lot of people do think this way. They're thinking that uh, that not only is the, that the the situations uh, are not the same as they were uh, 230 years ago, but they're thinking that nothing could happen. There's no way that uh, that any of this could happen again. But listen. This the the situations that create dictators. These are not uh, these are not limited by time. The situations that uh, that will create or allow dictators to rule over countries are timeless. They're timeless. They will always be there. They'll always be ready. It'll always be ready to occur. Uh, and the only thing that can stop it is the people. That's where the real power in government lies, is in the people. And the people, at the end of the day, it's the people's job to control the government. And whether that's by voting uh, or by standing together in ranks depends on the situation. And uh, and I, like I said, I'm not advocating violence. I'm just telling you what has happened, because we all know this has happened before, right? Especially the folks in Appleseed, because... That's what we talk about. We talk about the events of April 19, 1775. And what happened there? The government the government was out of control. And that was just 200 years ago. All right? The uh the last time it happened uh on a worldwide level was just a couple of generations ago. Now it is currently happening in a lot of places around the world. You see, we have dictatorships right now in a huge uh, amount of uh, the world. We've got North Korea. Are you saying that dictatorships can't happen now and we should forget it because it's an archaic-type uh, situation or an archaic-type type event? Look at North Korea. Look at uh, Hugo Chavez in, uh, 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 in uh, uh, Argentina. Now, Mr. Chavez is dead... Uh, and may God have final redress on that situation. Uh, but it didn't. It, but it just happened. He just died. He was just a dictator. It can happen. It can happen. Nothing makes us in America so different than any of the other countries except one thing. We have the ability, uh, as armed citizens... Uh, 
to insert ourselves into the situation if needed. And I, I want to make sure that uh, that everybody is understanding that I'm not, I'm certainly not advocate, advocating any type of violence, nor will I ever advocate any type of violence. Uh, I am just telling you the the flat and open and honest truth, and that is the whole reason behind the Second Amendment. I don't. That's why I don't think that that, that everybody tries to. Uh, to tiptoe around the thing, the elephant in the room, is that it, uh, the Second Amendment was is for the an old uh, an old archaic situation of uh, of hunting for rabbits for our cooking pots or for or protecting ourselves against those heathenous uh, uh, natives. It was never meant to be that. It was always meant for it to be one thing, and that is as the citizenry's uh, last redress to the government. That's what it has always meant to be. Now, people get very nervous when you talk about that because uh, because that is revolution, rebellion, and uh, and treason. Treason at, at its highest. Uh, at its highest calling, or patriotism at its highest calling. But that's what it is there for. It's not for hunting, and it's not for target shooting. It is so that the citizenry can have uh, a safeguard against a government uh, that has gone off the tracks and is no longer obeying uh, the citizenry, no longer obeying the Constitution. So there's no way to walk around. There's no way to to, uh, to sidestep that or to tiptoe around it. That's what it is, okay? That's what it is. And if you think that stuff like that can't happen today, just look look at the recent events that we've had to deal with. Look at... Uh, the assault on the First Amendment. Would you have ever thought that in a nation that brought you the right to free speech because, and we're not talking about uh, uh, Christ and the crucifix and urine free speech or burning the flag in free speech. You know, that's uh, that's not something I would do, but but... The people that are going to do it, okay, great, more power to them. I'll I'll fight for their right to do that, as reprehensible as it seems to me. I'll fight for their right to do it. But the right to free speech was to protect your ability to speak out against political figures. And what do we have now? We have McCain-Feingold, where you can't say anything about a political figure uh, within a certain amount of time before an election. Now, Perhaps I might understand where they where they thought that would help. Regardless, it is still an unconstitutional law, and yet it made it through. It's sitting there. So why can't some of the others be eroded or broken down? And, and the answer is they can. They certainly can, and it's certainly happening every day. So I don't think uh, I don't think in this particular case that I saw any blind fury of the gun zealots. I think I heard a, uh, and I think that he did too, 
I just, I'm sure that he wishes he didn't. I'm sure he wishes there would have been something more he could have grasped uh, instead of seeing the the demonstrators acting like upstanding citizens. Uh, he didn't like hearing that uh, we have the Second Amendment in case the politicians ignore the others. And yet, that is what it is for. All right? Uh, all right. Uh, I've got uh, Jim and Kim Heath from uh, Colorado. They're, already, they're in the queue ready to talk, but just uh, before I bring them on, because otherwise I'll have uh, I'll have uh, Cutter waiting forever. Uh, Cutter is calling in from Ohio, Ohio, to speak about the ammo shortages there. Cutter, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Um, I just, uh, I'm a salesman. I have the opportunity to, to travel, and uh, I've been through uh, Columbus, uh, Ashland, Cleveland, Canton, and uh, West Virginia. And I've hit all the major uh, gun stores, you know, like the Cabela's and uh, the independent gun stores. I've hit everyone that I could in each town, and uh, I found only one place, and that was in Cleveland, that had 22 uh, long rifle ammo. Um, it was a 100-round box. It's kind of like the CC Stingers type of ammo. And uh, they were asking $8 a box for that, but it was limit one box per person per day. And uh, but everywhere else, it's simply as you, as you folks probably know, just not existent. Uh, I checked the CMP's uh, website this evening, yeah, they're out. and yeah, they're saying six to twelve months. Yeah, they're saying six to twelve months. But uh, remember, now they're the, and I love the CMP. CMP, God bless them. But uh, the CMP is also folks. They got in. Remember, they got in the big stockpile of ammunition. Uh, what was it? Two years ago. They said, okay, man, we're good. We're good to go for six or seven years. And bang, six months, uh, it was gone. Uh, right. Maybe a year, they might be back up. Uh, you're, you're, we're seeing this all across the nation. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do about it because I'm telling you, it's, gonna, it's bringing apple seeds to a screeching halt. Now, I talked to Fred about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. In, and and I don't know what we're gonna do about it because nobody has any ammunition. I, I I'm I'm flooded with emails saying, "Can I buy some from you when I get there? Can I? You know, what are we gonna do about this?" And my answer is uh, is basically what you said. I said you've got you've got to call uh, Cabela's uh, Academy, Walmart. Got to find out when they're going to have the ammunition, ammunition delivered. They're going to have you and six or seven of your friends go with you to make a, you know the maximum purchase you can uh, as often as you can in order to get uh, enough ammunition just for for one apple seed. It's going to take a lot of work, and I'm telling you, most people do not have this in them. They don't have the uh, the drive to go to Academy six or seven times during the month with all their buddies in order to get enough ammunition for one person to shoot the event. So I don't know what we're going to do about this. 
I mean, I see, uh, uh, you know, at the height of the craziness, they were running the uh, the CCI uh, mini mags at uh, like 50 cents a piece for the 22 shells. Uh, I see the boxes of the 550 round boxes uh, are running at uh, uh, 79 and 80 dollars a piece for the tart ammunition. Because that's all they have left is, is some of them is a target ammunition, and even those are are sold out. But adding uh, eighty or ninety bucks to your apple seed fee is going to stop some folks from coming out. But the main thing is to stop them is not having uh, access to ammunition because I don't know where they're going to get it. And I have uh, I have a group of folks that want to come out uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and this is a large group of kids. He was asking me, well, can we just bring pellet guns and have the kids shoot the pellet guns? And uh, and that might be something that uh, that that we try and figure out how to do because, uh, uh, like I said, I'm going to bring, bring Jim and Kim Heath on in just a minute. And Jim and Kim are working the, uh, the Self-Reliance Expos where they have a pellet gun range set up indoors uh, at the Appleseed booth. And... Uh, now you can't have a you certainly couldn't have a mix line where you're running pellet guns and uh rim fires because the pellet guns just aren't gonna work at uh at seventy five feet like you'd like them to. But it might be it might be that uh we have some special apple seeds for kids or something where we do use air guns or something because other than that we don't have a lot to do. Fred was saying that uh we need to really start concentrating on running the library seeds, and I agree. Listen, if you can't run a, an actual firing line, do something. Set up a uh, uh, a library seed. If people can't shoot, uh, get them out there. Get them out there to the line and uh, and tell them the story. Uh, I, I don't know what else to do. I'm not sure what else we can do uh, right now. Uh, how many states, whenever you went through the, uh, uh, how many states did you go through to find the, sam- to find, uh, the ammunition shortages? Uh, I've been to three. Uh, I've been all through Ohio, uh, parts of West Virginia, and also Michigan. Uh, it, it's, I mean, you know, I, I'm able to find 22 shot shells. And you know, occasionally shorts, but what modern firearm is using those? Hmm. Well, if uh, if anybody has any any good uh, information on anywhere there is some twenty-two long rifle, I hope they'll keep posting it on the forum. And then uh, the best thing we can do is have the shoot bosses and instructors and stuff trying to gather up uh, ammunition uh, uh, as best they can and then making individual uh, individual uh, deals or individual uh, uh, working out individual situations with individual shooters you know, who are going to come. Somebody says, hey, look, I want to come, but I don't have any ammunition. If you can supply them with enough to make it through, then then at least you're getting one person there and getting them through the event. Otherwise, I, I don't know what else to say. So, 
uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to ride this out. Do you have any uh, uh, any information on folks not attending events uh, there in Ohio because of ammunition shortage? Uh, I, I'm not. I haven't been involved in Appleseed for over a year, you know, as far as the, the shoots go. So I'm not really privy to that kind of information. But uh, you know, this this is not a good situation. And when it is available, you know, this ammo situation, when it, it when you're able to find something, I suggest you you put a couple boxes away, you know, f- whether that's for a shoot or you know for a rainy day, so to speak. But uh, th- this should be a lesson to all of us that this could happen at a moment's notice where, you know, we, we wouldn't have this type of stuff. I mean, um, the the left has, has said for a long time, if we can't ban the guns, we'll limit the ammunition. And we have, you know, one representative now talking about making people pass a mental test or have to take a, an angry or anger management type uh, test or class before you'd be eligible to buy ammunition. Um, this is crazy. I think we should have a, a, a constitutional test for politicians to be able to pass before they can get into office. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say the same thing, that uh, we should have a test to see if they're uh, if they're smart enough to do their jobs in the government, right? Uh, because I right. think that's a little bit more important than, uh, than trying to... Uh, uh, than trying to limit people's access because of, uh, of, of some kind of mental health test. And, and of course, uh, you always have to ask the question, who's going to give the test? Who's going right. to give the test? Is it going to be uh, somebody that I pick or that you pick? Or who's going to be picked to give this test? Because uh, these mental evaluations can be extremely subjective and uh and who are we going to pick to get it? Uh, because I'm sure different administrations would pick different people. So I certainly agree. Uh, I, I think that we should have a, a constitutional test for all of our uh, representatives before we allow them to take office. Well, Cutter, do you have anything else that uh, you'd like to get out to us before uh, before we move on here? No, I think I'm, I'm pretty much ready to bow out and listen to uh, the guest and you. Uh, wrap up for the rest of the evening. All right. Well, all right. Don't uh, don't take off. I'm not going to hang up on you. I'll just put you here back in the the, uh, the queue, and uh, I'm going to bring uh, Jim and Kim on. Thank you, Cutter. Take care. God Absolutely. bless you. Take care. You too. All right. Uh, all right. Well, he's uh, he certainly got a point. And uh, now I've gotten, uh, I've heard some uh, some other people. I'm reading them here in the ch- in the chat room. Uh, it says that uh, uh, that the uh, that let's see, Shadow Man RWVA. Okay, Shadow Man, I don't know where you are. You could post in the chat room where you're. Uh, where you're holding your events, said it did a shoot a couple of weeks ago when we had one shooter who needed ammunition. <laughs> well, I hope that's the case. I mean, I hope that uh, folks have uh, have squirreled away enough uh, uh, ammo. Washington State, he's saying, Washington State's towards that. They have enough ammunition that they can ride this through, you know, and, and be able to participate in 
in apple seeds uh, without it uh, without it, uh, it causing too much grief. I'm just telling you what I know, and that is that people have been sending me emails saying we're not going to be able to go because we don't have any ammunition. All right, so so your mileage may vary. But that's what I'm experiencing. Okay, Jim Heath and Kim Heath, welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. Hey, you got, I made you guys wait so long that y'all just figured that he's never going to put us on. That's terrible. <laughs> well, listen, guys, uh, for those of you guys that are listening, I want to tell you, uh, I'm going to bring you up to speed real quick on what's going on. Uh, several years ago, uh, I started talking to Michael Bain from Downrange TV. And, uh, and uh, I did a radio show uh, with him back in uh, the, either the end of 2005 or, the, or, or beginning of 2006. And we were talking about Appleseed, and and he was very, very supportive of Appleseed. I mean, he was, he was as excited as I was about Appleseed, and more so. And uh, Michael Bain is a very, very... Uh, uh, a very passionate individual. He's very passionate on the uh, on all of the uh, subjects of shooting sports. And uh, uh, like I said earlier in the show, he's a he's a down to earth, salt of the earth type of guy. A really great guy. We've been working on getting. Uh, he wanted to to do an episode of Shooting Gallery. He wanted to film an episode. Uh, actually, I think this this was even before that show, but he wanted to to get Appleseed on film, and uh, and we've been trying to figure it out for several years, and finally it happened, so finally we got uh, Appleseed onto Michael Bain's uh, Downrange TV program, The Shooting Gallery, which is uh, on the Outdoor Channel, and so we had figured it out we were ready to do it. The only thing we needed now was a place and some people to do it. And and thank the Lord, uh, we found a good uh, range in Colorado that uh, uh, Michael is a member of the range there. And uh, we had our good friends uh, Jim Heath and Kim Heath uh, available to run the event uh, on that date. And uh, Jim and Kim, uh, tell us about it. Tell us about how the the show ran. Well, let's see. Um, just like any other apple seed, we didn't do anything special for the show, and or for Michael, we just treated him like any other student. The film crew, uh, fortunately, has all been uh, have experience photographing and videotaping shooting events. And we only had to talk to one cameraman once when he wanted to reach over the line while the line was hot to to uh, retrieve a camera. And he apologized. And it was only about a foot over the line, but we still wouldn't let him do that. And it was just uh, a typical shoot. Uh, none of our shoots are ever the same. Uh, you know, they're all, each one is always different. But, um, you know, it's a... It was it was no different than any other shoot we would run. Well, right, right. But you guys put on a crack project. Uh, I've uh, 
uh, DVR the event, and uh, and I noticed it, it was uh, I knew what when it was coming on, but uh, remember we and I were talking earlier today, and I and we were talking about the fact that the uh, the actual title of the program uh, does is not descriptive of what's in it. Uh, it is one of about uh, three or four programs that are listed as uh, an inside look at the shooting world. I believe that's what it's something like that. And uh, so I I just made sure that uh, uh, that I had that full block. Of course, I I record all of the shooting. Hello. Can you hear Mr. Mike? Oh, sorry, it sounds like Mike got cut off there. We'll get him back on pretty quick. Well, let's go ahead and uh, just pick up where you left off. Okay. Um, Well, what uh, happened... I'm not, not quite sure what you guys want me to talk about, but I'll talk about anything. Yeah, Mike. Well, Michael. Yeah, Michael. Keep talking about Michael and the shoot. Okay, Michael Baines uh, called us and said he would like to come to a shoot. Uh, he again he, uh, through contact through Scout, and so we were able to arrange since we already had a shoot coming up at Colorado Rifle Club. Michael Baines said, "Well, that's uh, he he's shot uh, videotape there before, so he." Thought that was a fine place to to hold this event. He came with a crew of about five cameramen and and sound men, and shot with us. We were a little surprised that he actually was going to participate. He, uh, you know, we, we figured he would just come and and talk with people um, because a lot of his shows that I I had seen uh, were no, he, he, he always shoots. If he yeah, well, I hadn't seen that part. But anyway, he. Uh, came to shoot with us and was a great student. He, If you had seen the episode, apparently he'd never shot with a swing before, and that was a little surprising to me. But he tried everything we asked him to do. He, uh, Some of the stuff, just like we say, he, it took him a while to figure out, to, to be able to do what we had asked him uh, at Apple Seed to do. He, was, he shot, uh, he has been shooting for over 40 years. It took him three, if I remember correctly, AQTs to shoot a rifleman score. And that's pretty typical. He Because we play a, a particular game that he's never played before. He's never done positional shooting. He's never used a sling. His is more either self-defense or um, kind of a run-and-gun kind of uh, thing, like hip sick or three-gun or something like that. But he, talking with him, he said that you know he learned things that he can take to his other shooting events. And uh, just a, he was a great guy, very personable, uh, and, uh, boy, I, I can't say enough about him. I think at the show on the shooting gallery, he treated us as well as he could have. It, he did a wonderful job putting Appleseed in the best light that he possibly could. Yeah, he, he, also, uh, hmm? uh, go, ahead, go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say that he, we had originally were trying to get it uh, – 
scheduled for the Whittington Center, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and that didn't work, and uh, and we kept running through places, and he, you know, he's a member of a lot of different gun clubs, but uh, he's a member there of the the gun club that uh, that you guys, and I can't think of the name. And what's the name of the gun club there? Colorado Rifle Club. Colorado Rifle Club. Okay, he's a member there, and he's he also worked with them on uh, lining up some funding and stuff for them. So. So we figured that would be a good location too, but but Michael has always been he's been a really strong supporter uh, of Appleseed, the mission of Appleseed, because it it goes hand in hand with with his mission, you know, which is uh, pushing forward the shooting sports industry in America, and uh, and he he he's always shooting, but like you were saying, uh, Appleseed we. We have a particular style that uh, you know that we're pushing for folks. It's not a it's not a different it's not a bizarre style. It's just a a different style than most folks are used to, and usually it takes a little while for folks to to get into the into the swing of it. Like you said, he's he he wasn't uh, much of a slouch, right? Because he shot apple seed shot to apple seed tanners before he left. Yes, he did. And I saw uh, I saw Kim's distinctive bonnet uh, in the show too. It showed up a little bit. I don't stay in the outfit for the entire shoot because it's just too hard to get up and down with the students, and the bonnet gives me a little bit of tunnel vision. I can't see what's going on go. with my sides. Yeah, so I do it for the registration. <laughs> well. Let me ask you this. Uh, you guys, uh, when we talked about this last time, uh, uh, you guys just got through with the filming, and you hadn't seen any of it yet. But you were on your way to do some interior stuff, and uh, and we didn't talk about that. Uh, how, did the, how did the interior stuff go? Now, it looked good. On the show, it looked good. But uh, how was that uh, as far as with you guys being there doing the shooting? That, that was wasn't lots fun. Of, oh, go ahead, Jim. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. You know, they seated, had us sit in the seats, and then Michael would, several of the members there would say, talk about Appleseed, and you have to be there, and you've got to attend an event, and how great it was. And then they'd start the filming of Michael Bain. And then uh, we were there for the filming of three different episodes, and they had us keep moving in different seats so that it looked like a different audience. Right. So you guys were kind of like fun. the... The test monkey audience, folks. <laughs> but during you, the, you, you were using the more filming, than the apple seed audience, right? Well, we were not in the audience for the apple seed uh, shoot. We were we were there for the first three episodes that they that they showed this year, um, and then we were surprisingly, I think we were doing a shoot the weekend that they did the the studio shoot, uh, filming for the Appleseed event that they showed. Okay. But what Michael would do is there's, you know, as, as most things, there's about two minutes of filming and 15 or 20 minutes of trying to make sure that it was good footage and and setting up the next shot. And so it was kind of right. interesting because between the times when they were filming, Michael would just tell us stories about his life and his adventures. And it was really quite interesting. Just a very personable fella, very friendly. Um, just, uh, you know, can't say enough for me. 
he is uh, he does not have an overinflated. Right, and tell us a little bit now. You guys have also, uh, besides the uh, the shoot that you did there at the uh, Colorado Gun Club, uh, you guys have ran into him a couple of times since then. Tell us about the last time you ran into him. Well, the last time we ran into him, he was not a happy man. Um, for some reason, on Monday, there were several hundreds of people at the state capitol here in Colorado just to see what was going on in the state house. And... <laughs> Uh, Michael has been sending almost every day since, oh, I would say, the year almost, at the Capitol, talking with the governor, uh, with the governor, uh, trying to, trying to, I don't know what he's trying to tell you, having a fun chat with those guys. But anyway, we were there, and I thought that he is, he is putting every ounce of energy he has right now. Um, at the state house in the Capitol, and trying to get his voice and other other voices heard. And uh, I imagine he's not going to uh, be. Uh, you mentioned that you might give him a call this uh, this week, and I'm guessing he won't answer you until the end of next week. I imagine once all these bills have been voted on, I forget what they're about, but whatever they are, um, he's going to he's going to need a week or so to recuperate. He's just, uh, I very rarely do have I seen people as stressed as he looked. I think you can say what he was there for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. It was about our Second Amendment rights bills that are up before the, the Senate and House. Right. And, uh, and like I was saying uh, at the beginning of the show, that uh, folks don't realize that uh, that Mr. Bain is, uh, he's not just, uh, he's not just a, uh, a television bobblehead, you know. He's not just a, uh, a person out there standing in front of the camera like the weatherman or the news reporter and reading his lines and then moving on. Uh, you know, he's deeply involved in the preservation and safeguarding of our Second Amendment rights and uh, and protecting any uh, of the uh, the rights and privileges of American owners concerning the shooting sports industry, and uh, he works tirelessly at it, and he he does a really great job of it, and I think folks just don't realize uh, the, how much of his energy he puts into that because when he's not uh, when he's not in front of the camera. Uh, then he's probably in front of uh, a lawmaker or someone else right now trying to make sure that they understand uh, what's going on in the nation as far as the shooting sports industry is concerned. And uh, and this is very important. I mean, he's probably doing the job, uh, a job equal to what, uh, what 10,000 of the rest of us should be doing. And I guarantee there ten if if just a, a tiny, tiny amount of us, just ten thousand of us were doing that same job, then then things in this nation would be much different than they are. But they're not. So God bless the folks like uh, Mr. Bain uh who are doing this. Uh on another uh 
I'm just going to switch gears for just a second because I don't want to forget that I wanted to ask you this, and that is, uh, how are you guys uh, faring as far as the ammunition shortage is going? Oh, I'm faring just well, thank you. So, <laughs> I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about you and, yeah. <laughs> you and me. I'm talking about the rest of the folks. Oh, okay. uh, yep. I... We've gotten calls, I think, every week for the last I don't know how long uh, with people asking, uh, you know, I'm coming to a shoot. I can't find any ammunition. And so we've, we've given them some ideas. Uh, what we, until we, as long as we can, we will not allow anybody to come to an apple seed and not be able to shoot. Um, I don't know how long that is because, I just don't know how many people will not be able to find ammunition. But we're telling them, do your best to find them. And if you can't, then call the shoot boss before the shoot and let them let us know that uh, you cannot find ammo, and we will arrange something. Um, and so that's, that's our stance right now. Uh, and, you know, there are places you can buy ammunition if you're willing to wait at a store, um, you know, at 9 in the morning before they open the tent. But, again, there's not much ammunition out there. I did a shoot this last weekend, and we ended up doing more instruction um, uh, with a little uh, more stories, uh, giving the students the option of typically we'll shoot uh, for every every piece of instruction that they get. We let them shoot five rounds um, to, to try that out and to work on what we've just taught them. And this time we've given them a, uh, I gave them an option to only shoot three rounds uh, for each one. I don't think anybody did that. The only uh, person who ran out of ammunition at this shoot was someone, or he was a range member, uh, the board of directors. It was a range we had never had a shoot at, so he was just hanging around to see what we were about on Saturday. And on Sunday, he decided we were so much fun that he would come shoot with us, and he didn't bring enough ammunition. And so we uh, we're able to supply him enough ammunition so he could finish shooting the day. But it's going to be a problem. Uh, liberty seeds, uh, perseverance, overcome, adapt, those kind of things. Right. And uh, and uh, right now I'm doing the same thing that you're doing. I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm parceling out my, my own cachet. And, you know, when we've, we've built up, uh, you know, we built up a, a pretty large uh, cache of, of ammunition that you know, we've all contributed to, you know, over the last couple of years. And we just and and what it is is for for folks that uh, when they come to an event and and the majority of them it's just because they didn't pay attention to the directions, you know, and uh, and they don't have enough ammunition or something, and we just go grab the box and you know, and they can shoot out of it, but. You know, just like anything else, it's a finite amount. You know, and if we're asking people to shoot 550 rounds per day for per day, uh, an event, and uh, you have uh, 20 folks uh, that uh, that need 550 rounds, it's 11,000 rounds you need, and uh, that means one apple seed of 20 people. That's all we can do. So yeah, yeah. One of the things as far as round count. I'm keeping my round count down so that uh, two people can 
can get by on one bolt pack of 500. And then if we go a little over that, uh, we can we can help them out. So it's a, it's a much reduced round count, but I don't right now don't know of a, a better solution for that. Well, just like anything else, we'll get through this now, uh, and we uh, uh, we mentioned a while ago that uh, that we'd have the library seeds, and uh, <clears throat> and of course I I said all right, good idea, I'm going to do that, and uh, this was uh, oh I don't know a year ago. I said I'm going to get I'm going to start hitting the library seeds, and I went to the library and I said look I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to hold an, a, you know, an event here. It's a non-profit event. We're not charging any money or anything. And they said, okay, fine. That's going to be 200 bucks for the day. And, uh, and, uh, and I told the boss about it. I told Fred about that. And uh, he didn't say, well, go ahead and do it. We'll pay. Because uh, <laughs> apple seed, number one, apple seed is just like everybody else. You know, we're hurting for, uh, we're hurting for, for cash. He said, well, well, find a place that doesn't charge. Do it in the park, and uh, and you know that's what we'll have to do. We'll have to find a we'll have to find a, a you know a place, a public place to do it, and uh, that's something that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to because we can't stop. We just can't uh, shut down our operations because we can't find ammunition. Uh, we'll have to move on to Plan B. And along those lines, out um, if we can. I, I would like to tie together the library seeds or liberty seeds with what's going on in uh, the, the state of Colorado right now as far as the proposed laws. Is we were, um, as, in the, as a apple seed actually, we went to one of the gun rallies and handed out trifolds, the, the pro Second Amendment rally, if you will. Um, handed out trifolds, met a bunch of folks. Um, got a, a couple of radio interviews. I don't know if anything was ever played or not off of those. Uh, because we did that particular rally, we they, they have been having rallies about once a week um, at the, the Capitol in Colorado. Uh, because of that rally, we were invited as Appleseed to talk to the next rally, and they gave us uh, about 10 minutes where I stood up and to these hundreds of folks and talked about Appleseed and what we do and what we're trying to do. Uh, because we did that, we got in contact with a number of uh, people, again, radio interviews, um, got on web pages, maybe, uh, sat next to um, JPFO. What is that, Kim? Yes, for the... Uh, yeah, Preservation of Firearm Owners. Firearm Ownership. Yeah. Anyway... Um, and they have worked with Appleseed before, but we got to talk uh, with their executive director, and he would like to do some things with Appleseed down in Arizona. Um, anyway, uh, also at that uh, rally, we talked had a group come and talk to us and said, we're out in Rifle, which is about four hours from Denver. It's on the, the west side of the state where we don't have anything going on with Appleseed, except where we just, uh, we've never had a shoot out there, although we have one scheduled. And... A woman came up and said, you know, I'd like you to come talk to our group. And so on the 13th, which I guess is next week sometime, Kim and I are driving four or five hours to go to the western side of um, Colorado and talk to about 30 uh, businesswomen about Appleseed. And so we're going to do a, 
a one-hour lunchtime library seat uh, out in a small community that we don't have any presence. And so if you are making yourself available, uh, and what we're finding is um, things show up. It's kind of like uh, at, at the close of a day at an apple seed shoot, I'll say that another basket, these folks just, uh, I'll assume people know the stories. If they don't, they really need to get to an apple seed. But Mother Bathrick had, uh, you know, people just walk up to her and tell her that they wanted to surrender. She wasn't out trying to do anything. Uh, Sam Whittemore was out. He knew exactly what to do, and he set up an ambush and, and got the, you know, uh, were able to, was able to make an effect on the regulars. Uh, the guy, David Lamson, he wanted to do something, but he didn't know what to do. And he was just waiting for an opportunity to come around, and one came around, and he was able to make a difference. And so at the end of an apple seed, I said, you know, some of us are like Mother Bastard, where we don't know what to do, but something will fall on our lap. Or some will be like Sam Whittemore, where we know exactly what to do and we go out to do it. But the most of us are like David Lampson. We don't know what to do, but if we make ourselves available, something will come to us that we are we can make a difference. And that's what Kim and I are finding, is that, um, you know, just by being available, we're Busy. We have so much we could do for Appleseed, we just don't have enough time to do it. We have so many opportunities. And so, uh, and all we do is we just make ourselves available. If somebody says, you know, can you do this? We always say yes. We've never, that's how we got to the expos. Uh, that's how we got uh, uh, working with Michael Bain on this uh, shooting gallery. It's we're available and we just, people bring things to us now. So I don't know, I don't know why I got off on that, but anyway. Liberty Caesar. <laughs> well, I think that's great. There's a uh, in the chat room. We've got uh, we've got a person named Shooter Girl mm-hmm. that was asking about uh, asking about the library seeds, and uh, and uh, I believe she was saying. Let me see if I can get the back this download. Get back to her. What she was talking about uh, this weekend. Uh, 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 I can't find it here. Okay, here it is. We can pretty much work with any range. We have targets. Oh, that's not it. Anyway, she was talking about uh, uh, having a library seat in one of the local parks there, and uh, and I think that's a great idea, Shooter Girl, uh, because if you do uh, work that up with. Uh, with, like you were talking about with a period dress or something, that would be perfect. So uh, if you can schedule that, that would be great. If you need any help, uh, just contact any of the rest of us. We'll be glad to to, uh, to do whatever we can from, from wherever we are from distance to help you get one set up and uh, work with you to get it set up and, uh, and even get uh, uh, instructors uh, there to you to teach it. So uh, you can... Uh, PM me, uh, Scout on the forum, or uh, any of the rest of the folks. I'm sure that uh, Jim and Kim Heath uh, would be glad to uh, to help you too. Uh, that is prone to net uh, on the forum and uh, one shot one hole on the forum. I got that right, didn't I? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Good because after after almost seven years and uh, thousands of names uh it gets hard and you know what i kind of like in this too is that uh uh it's early on in my career 
I was an actor, and uh, and I did a lot of different shows. And this one show I did was uh, called Children of a Lesser God. That was the name of it. And it was a show about the teacher at a school for the deaf. And uh, and here is the problem with the show, is that uh, it was all the show had to be spoken so that the hearing people could understand it right. But it all had to be done in sign, too, so that the uh, the hearing impaired could enjoy the show. But uh, the way it was run, the, uh, I'm, I'm saying one set of lines, and I'm signing another set of lines, now, my the actress who worked opposite me, she was she couldn't speak because she was deaf. So she was signing, and I would have to be saying what she was signing. So I had essentially I had four different scripts that I had to be running at once, and I couldn't take it because if she jumped a page or something in her signs. No different than if she would have been, if she would have vocalized it. If she jumped a, a page or something in her signs and I had to be able to catch it so that I could make the jump with her. So it was uh, it was very tricky. Well, it's no different than here at the Appleseed because I've got uh, – uh, how, how many people do we have now, Jim? Do you know? We've got about 14,000 people on the forum. And, uh, and so each of those people have, actually have a real name besides their fake Appleseed nickname. So now we got twenty eight thousand names you have to uh <laughs> you have to keep up with. So uh, and and as the thousands have, as the as the hundreds have become thousands, uh, you know, they've gotten uh, they've gotten uh now Kim's a little bit different because I don't know anybody else that has anything even close to prone to knit. Well, that's not true. There's uh there was phone prone and something else, but uh uh, but you've got yeah, but uh, one shot, one hole, and then I've got three hole peat, and on and on. So, mm-hmm. well, well, Jim's developing a cult here in Colorado, and there's oh, a really? one shot, one shot, one cookie, one shot, one wire, and then tell them your favorite, Jim. So my favorite, I had a new instructor who uh, couldn't think of a form name, and I told him I can't. Uh, advance him, can't can't make him a, an instructor without a forum name. And so he said, well, you have to come up with one for me. Right, so I came up with one, and it, it plays off of my name. It's uh, one shot, one hole is my name, and so his forum name is a shot, a hole. And, uh, <laughs> now, 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 sometimes names, people can get the uh, – they can get nicknames because it kind of fits their personality. Now, is that uh, that's not the case with this guy? Is it? I won't say. <laughs> you don't have to. You, know, you don't, Yeah, you can. You can stand on the fifth. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's usually it's, usually it's easier for folks if somebody gives them a name because, you know, when I first came into the program, they're saying, "Okay, well, you got to have a nickname." I'm like, "Oh, why do you say that? What do I have to have a nickname for?" Because. Uh, I don't remember having a nickname. Well, maybe I was when I was in the military. I think I had. I think they'd call me Animal Adam because, uh, 
because I usually came out of the field with a bunch of animals. And uh, but uh, you know, when, if you're, somebody's asking you to think up a nickname for your stuff, it's very, very hard. Very, uh, it produces a lot of anxiety. And uh, so finally, I think I just, uh, I just took my dog's name, and uh, her name was Scout. And I figured if there was ever any blowback off of this, it would just go into her. So. So that's where my name came from. Fred. Yeah. Well, we know what happens here. We've got uh we've got uh our furious leader whose name is Fred. Uh and it's actually Jack Daly, but his dog was Fred. The first Fred. And then uh, and there's been a Fred since then. And uh and uh, yeah, the same thing, uh, he did the same thing. Uh and I didn't know this when I said my name. But uh that was uh, that was the case for this. Now, and I know that we've digressed, guys, talking about nicknames and stuff like this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's your show. You talk about whatever you want. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I want to mention uh, that we're getting close to uh, the Self Reliance Expo event that's coming in April. And uh, Jim and uh, Kim Heath uh, are the Appleseed Project uh, reps to the Self Reliance Expo. The Self Reliance Expo has been kind enough uh, to uh, uh, to work uh, hand in hand with Appleseed, and they have donated space and uh, for the booth for Appleseed and. Uh, and uh, they're doing this because they believe in the Appleseed mission. I think uh, that uh, Appleseed is probably the only the only folks in the at this big ex- expo that uh, are not being required to uh, uh, to pay their way because uh, they feel that uh, we're paying our way uh, with the uh, with the mission that we're offering Americans, and they want to help us with the mission. And uh, we're very uh, we're very grateful to them. And so what they've done is they've given uh, uh, Jim and Kim. Now I don't know how much they now maybe they're just impressed with Jim and Kim and they're doing it. I don't know, but uh, but they have uh, Jim and Kim have talked them into uh, donating uh, a booth area. And it's not just one booth because it looked to me whenever I look at the the table and range, it looks like we've got about three to four. Uh, Enough space to put three or four vendors in. <laughs> and, yeah, they uh, give us a, a, most of their vendors. The small, their average or their their table or booth space is a ten foot by ten foot space. And if you want to pay a few thousand dollars extra, you can get a twenty by ten foot space. Uh, at most of the expos, we get a twenty by seventy foot space that they donate yeah. for us. So it's a, it's yeah, exactly. a huge. So we've got it. We've got one. That's a. That's probably got to be about six or seven grand uh, worth of space that they're giving. Not only that, but they really helped out with uh, with sending their guys over to the, the last two I was at. They sent their guys over to uh, to help with the assembly and stuff like that. And uh, the uh, the the Self Reliance Expo is uh, is an expo fair that uh, has that. Uh, 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 I'm I'm losing the I'm losing the names real quick. Uh, help me out, Kim. 
Ron and Scott. Ron Douglas Ron Scott. Scott Valencia. Yep. Okay, Ron Scott has put this together. They've got a whole they've got a whole group of folks who are interested in furthering uh the philosophy of self reliance. That means uh, being able to take care of yourself uh in uh in good times and bad times. And uh, it's not just end of the world stuff. There's plenty of there's, there's plenty of uh the world is not even close to ending yet stuff that uh uh, that you can get, and that is uh, clothing and seeds and things to make your everyday life uh, even more pleasant than it is now. Uh, and if you want to go the other route with the end of the world, well, they can help you out there too. They've got plenty of stuff all the way from uh, from uh, machetes and combat axes to uh, folks who will uh, sell you the components for a, a nuclear uh, uh, fallout shelter, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. They got uh, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Jack Spearco, all the different folks that uh, that are leading representatives and experts in the field of self-reliance. And uh, the next one is going to be when, guys? It's April 26th and 27th down in Arlington. So we'll mm. be back your way. Okay. They've been very, very generous with us with space. Um, they believe in our message, and they want to help to promote it um, on their Facebook page. They'll often make comments about face, about Appleseed. So they're very, very supportive of what we're doing. Um, and the proof is that they donate so much space to us. And we run an indoor pellet line. And That's it's free. And that was what and the whole point of the story was getting to, is the fact that you guys have put together – and in the repellent So we're actually you guys are actually running a a course and teaching the fundamentals of Ralph Marksmanship to the folks uh that would like to get a taste of it right there indoor, right at right at the table. Now you're doing it safely. You've got a uh like a a, a wooden barn and stuff built up and we're doing it we're doing it very safely. But people are actually getting to uh uh, to shoot pellet guns, to shoot air-powered pellet guns. There's no no gunpowder involved. Uh, air-powered pellet guns, uh, in order to give themselves a little bit of a taste of the fundamentals for rifle marksmanship, and it's run just like a uh, just like an apple seed firing line, right, guys? Uh, it is. It's run safely. We uh, we found that the majority of our uh, the people who will shoot a pellet gun with us have never shot anything before. And so we do give them a little bit of instruction, side alignment, side picture, trigger pull, just very quickly. Mostly what we're doing, though, is we're allowing them to do something that they haven't done before. And we tell them, you know, almost I don't know anybody who has not had fun doing uh, shooting pellet guns with us. And we use that to push apple seed for the weekend. It's like, well, if you really want to learn how to shoot, why don't you come to an apple seed? We just happen to have one here in uh, two weeks. But you better sign up because it's going fast. Um, right. And I believe you know, when we, when your guys down in Texas did that, they filled two shoots by the end of the, the self-reliant show. Now, I will have to give you a hard time. The, the last time we were down there in Dallas, I think your uh, Texas folks were a little slim on showing up and helping us. So, um, I don't know about that, Scout. I'm not sure if you if you're on top of your men and women or not. Well, I told you we're gonna we're gonna change at this uh at this next event in April. 
and uh, we're going to pull out all the stops, get everybody there. And I'm hoping too that uh, that the uh, the event is going to continue to grow. Uh, remember last time we had uh, we had a couple of things going wrong for us. I think it's Black's one. That's the last one. Wasn't there? Uh, wasn't there some type of of uh, road crash or something that uh, messed us up, or what was it? There was something. Yes, it was heat. There was the interstate that ran right past the hall was closed most of the afternoon because of an accident. Yep. Right. And then uh, uh, this is a brand new. The South Carolina Expo is not. it's not something that has been running at uh, high speed every year for 20 years. This is something that has right. uh, just been yanked out of these guys' pockets and put together. And I think it was a really brilliant concept because <clears throat> uh, for a long time, the folks who have been wanting to uh, to travel down the, the road less traveled of self-reliance, you, you've had to pretty much get out there and hustle and find stuff on your own and, uh, and of course, most of the, uh, because of Darwinian uh, theory, most of the uh, the folks that are, are are good at it, that's what they've done. But we're hoping to make sure that uh, more than just the folks that are good at it are going to be able to do it. Because in rough times, we don't just need the people that are best at taking care of themselves to be taking care of themselves. We need everybody to be doing it which means we need to expose as many people as we can to this concept and to the products and services, you know, available to them. And so uh, Ron and Scott have uh, have done a great job of pulling a lot of folks under one canopy so that uh, you can come to the Self-Reliance Expo and you can make a, you can make a circuit of the thing and get uh, really get a good taste of what's going on in the self-reliance industry. And like I said, that's uh, all the way from uh, 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 from uh, heirloom seeds uh, to clothing to firearms, uh, you name it, medical, medicine, uh, you name it. And you'll be able to find it there uh, or at least get you on track toward it uh, at the Sir Florence Expo. And so it's a really great concept. And they're doing a great job. But like I said, it, it just started in uh, – and hopefully more people will have heard about it by now because the last few times, I think the last couple of times, I don't believe, I don't believe there was a whole lot of lead-up into it either, was there? I mean, I know that the uh, uh, with the Glenn Beck thing, I don't think there was any lead-up into it. They were just, I think the folks were just hoping that, uh, that the Self-Reliance Expo would catch a lot of the fallout from Glenn Beck. Yeah, we at the Self Reliance Expo, there's anywhere from about I would say three and a half to four thousand, up to about ten thousand uh, people coming through over the the two days. But uh, yeah, the, the, what ends up is that with the number of instructors that we can uh, we usually have at these expos, number of people representing Appleseed, is we can only only talk to about twenty five hundred people during the weekend. And so at the smaller uh, expos, we just end up talking to a higher percentage of the participants rather than uh, – uh, it's typically roughly the same number, somewhere around 
2,500 people in a weekend. Also, though, there, um, just to give a heads up, is I, Kim will have to get the dates, but I'll mention them. They're having a, a small uh, self-reliance expo in Iowa, and there's an opportunity. We've been in contact with a couple of the folks from Iowa. We will be bringing, we will be bringing a pellet gun line to Iowa. Now, is this, let, me, let, me, let me break in real quick. This is a this is an other than uh, Ron and Scott production. No, this is a this is a Scott production. But it's, so it's the same organization, but just Scott is doing this one. And so they're, he, okay. they're he, yeah, he lives there. So he's putting together uh, a small expo, and he has invited us. And we've been in communication with some of the Iowa instructors. Um, Scott apparently has some ideas he wants to talk about to. Um, take full advantage of this, so we're trying to coordinate a phone call between us and Iowa and Scott so we can hear what his ideas are to really make this count. But that event oh. is June. It's actually a three-day event, which is unusual for them, and it's June 28th through June 30th in Des Moines, Iowa. Then the same weekend that we are going to be down in Dallas for the expo, there's an expo in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we will be, um, hopefully, uh, Range Rat from Nevada will be running that. We're going to uh, see if they can run a pellet down the line there the same weekend we're doing one in Dallas. Um, also, coming up, and I don't have the date in front of me. I don't think I was passed on to Kim. There is a, a third organization that does self-reliance-type expos, uh, preparedness expos, in, uh, in Bakersfield in California, and they would like us to have a pellet gun line there. We haven't made contact with the folks in California, but if anybody's listening from there, we'll, we'll, we might have an opportunity for you. And so that's another thing where um, uh, we got into the Self-Reliance Expo because they liked our message, but because we're showing up at these things, other folks who want to do, who are doing their own preparedness expo, um, they, they, see what the market is, and they go to their competition, and they see what we're doing, and they invite us to do more things. So, again, if people just get out there, uh, we're Kim and I are no one special. We have these things just fall in our lap, but the reason is because, I guess, because we're out there making ourselves available. And so we have, we could probably spend every, or at least every other week out of town doing something for Appleseed. Um, and, of course, we can't do that. But there's lots of ways that uh, people can promote Appleseed, and uh, that's what we need right now. We need Appleseed to be promoted. So if, you know, people are wondering, they, you know, how well it's working for you guys, what are you doing? Uh, give us a call. Contact us on the forum. We have no magic answers except that the more we do, the more we're asked to do. Right. Right, and of course Jim has uh, has taken half of the space in the uh, in the uh, the big trailer that they have now. The, the, the space I'm sure where they used to probably sleep or carry food and stuff like that. And that's where he has his bionic laboratory now. Uh, that's right, and uh, that's where he's building the rest of the stuff for the uh, for the bionic folks. Uh, well, hold on, don't go anywhere. But I'm going to bring. Uh, uh, shooter girl on the air with us because uh, she oh, has a. She's a waiting question. a long time. She has been. 
Yes, I'm here. How are you? <laughs> Good. Welcome to the show, Shooter Girl. I look at the I look at the Thank time. You. I only said a minute and forty something seconds. I hope it wasn't that long. A minute and forty seconds. I've actually been listening oh. to you guys for about fifteen, twenty minutes on the phone, but that's okay. Come through oh, loud and well, clear on the phone too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Shooter Girl. Thanks. Um, I, ju- I just had like a, just a couple basic questions about Appleseed. Um, I, I noticed like when uh, we were talking about it in the chat room, and I think you even mentioned that an open area would be good uh, for an Appleseed project. Do you have to get an, a permit for that or, or anything like that or permission from the city? How does that work? No, no, just start blasting away. <laughs> no, no, listen, think- if you're talking about the uh, – the, uh, <laughs> the open air uh, library seeds and stuff. Yeah, listen, don't do what I just said. If you're talking about the open air uh, library type seeds, I, I can't answer that. You'll have to to speak to whoever is uh, in charge of your open air areas. But I imagine anywhere that you could go and you could uh, have a napkin, I mean a blanket, and and a picnic. I imagine you could do something like this. But once again, don't. Uh, don't go on anything that I'm telling you. Find right. out from from the folks there because they may have uh, they may have some city ordinances which cover your right to peaceably assemble. So okay, okay. Make sure that you check with uh, like if there's a uh, you know a local public park or something like that. Usually they won't mind. It's just that uh, you will probably want to make sure that you that you talk to them first and let them know what you're going to do so that they don't think that you are are doing some kind of a rally, which probably would require a permit, or that you're holding some kind of a uh, a teaching seminar where they would want to see your credentials, or if you were trying, if they thought you were trying to sell something. So make sure that you talk to whoever is there and say, here's what we'd like to do. We'd like to... uh, just have a, a public discussion uh, with an organization. It's a non-profit organization. We're not going to be selling anything. Uh, uh, we're not going to be uh, you know, going anywhere or, or demonstrating or anything else. We're just going to be discussing the events uh, of April 19, 1775, and uh, and about the uh, you know the uh, rights and freedoms of uh, of Americans and. Uh, and they will tell you how to proceed from there. Awesome. Okay, uh, are you uh, are you an Appleseed instructor? No. I'm part of several groups here in, in Delaware. I'm part of the um, 912 Delaware Patriots, who I know would be interested in an Appleseed project. And I'm also part of the Delaware Open Carry group. So I'm guessing that they would probably know where to go to have an Appleseed project. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, talk to the groups and find out what they say, and then, uh, and then just contact. Uh, I can't off the, the top of my head tell you who is uh, who is in Delaware, but okay. I'm sure that if you go on the forum and take a look, that uh, you should be able to find who's in Delaware. It's a uh, is somebody is Jim or Kim or some of you guys stacking ammunition or putting in a tile floor. It is not me. Okay. But it's uh, <laughs> not me either. So okay, well uh At least then it, then I bet it is well it's not me. Uh, that, that's it. that's what I hear. 
uh, I'm sure that somebody will be able to assist you in that. If not, if not, just uh, are you on the Appleseed forum? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, then shoot me a PM, and I'll I'll dig somebody up that can uh, that can assist you in putting this together. Okay, great. <laughs> and let me ask you this too: How did you hear about uh, Appleseed? Honestly, I first heard about it through my fiancé. His name's Jason. And when he first talked to me about it, I think he first found out about it in a magazine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a gun magazine, but I don't remember which magazine. I could probably dig it out. We save them all. Um, Shotgun News. Yes, that one. Huh. Yeah. Yes, yep. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that one. So when he first saw it, that's when I started to go looking for it in Delaware. And so not not too much has happened since the last event that I see from, you know, that happened last year here in Delaware. But, you know, I know of at least 10 or 20 people who are, like, ready to go right now for it. So just want to try well, and get you know it started. What that means? You know what that means, Shooter Girl? What? That means that you have to take the reins in this and uh, – you have to become an instructor and take over uh, the job of instructing folks in Delaware uh, uh, with apple seeds and stuff. Holy cow! I wouldn't yeah. even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what we'll have to do is we'll have to get you set up, get you in the pipeline, and get you uh, rolling so that you can uh, that you can uh, take over uh, making sure that the folks in Delaware. Uh, have apple seed events that they can go to, uh, that they got library seeds and stuff that they can go to, and uh, and make sure that uh, that they're getting the message there. Okay. Well, right. I'll figure out how to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, shoot me a PM and I'll get you started on it. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. Because uh, that's the that's that's the way that that's one of the things that uh, I think has always been. Uh, it's been the hallmark of this program, and that is uh, we're, we're, the people. We, we don't wait; we make it happen. We, we, we. Uh, unfortunately, for people that come up and ask us questions like you, we just grab them, throw them into the mix, <laughs> right in there. Uh, so, uh, it's one of the first things that you'll find about apple seed, just like anywhere else, is uh, is uh, if you come up with a. Uh, if you come up with an idea uh, or a suggestion, be ready. Be ready for somebody to hand you the the shovel and say, "Okay, implement it." So exactly. But that's one of the, that's one of the, one of the things that I've always thought was so great about Appleseed is that, uh, and of course, you know, as it gets to be a bigger organization, you know, things some things get a little more detail and stuff. But that was one of the things that I always thought was so great about it is if you uh, you have an idea, you go, "Here's what I want to do," then uh, then everybody says, "Okay, stand back. She's going to run with it." And uh, cool. And that's the way that we that we're making it happen. So I'm I'm excited for you and for Delaware. Uh, Thank you. Shoot me a shoot me a PM, and I'll do my best to get you started uh, on this. And uh, great. And really, uh, and that's the other thing about the program is that uh, we've got a lot of volunteers who are always more than uh, than willing to. You know, to lend a hand and to uh, to get you help, you know, to get you started on uh, uh, on some project, you know, to get you uh, to get you rolling on it. So, uh, 
if you need any assistance or anything, then uh, then sing out, and one of us will be glad to uh, you know to give you a hand on it. Great. Is your name Scott on the for- or Scout on the form form? Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. Okay. Great. Good. Awesome. Yep. If you'll just uh, just uh, look up Scout uh, S C O U T on the form, shoot me a PM and uh, yeah, with your contact information and stuff, and uh, we'll get you started. Great. Thank you very much. All right, because uh, because there's a lot of places that we're still short on folks at, and uh, and and that uh, you know it kind of gives us gives us grief a lot of times because there's a lot of the folks in that state that are they're ready to go. Like you said, you've got a bunch of folks who are ready to go saying, "Okay, let's go. Where is it? Where's the next one?" And, right. Uh, and we don't have enough folks, or we don't have folks who are available to say, okay, well, I, I'm just going to – nobody else is going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start running these shoots. I'm going to start putting it together. And uh, and I first thought when you, were t- when you first uh, mentioned that, an open space that you were talking about a range because I want to make sure that you understand that uh, if you can't find a uh, uh, a public range or private range that's willing to host these, right. we are just as happy with uh, private land. If you can find some private land somewhere mm-hmm. – it has uh, uh, it has a good backstop, you know, for, uh, berm or something for the bullets. Right. And uh, we're just as happy to be able to do one there. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, 500 acres of land. You know, it can be it could be five or ten acres uh, as long as you can set up a 25 meter line, uh, 82 feet, with the ability to uh, you know to safely stop bullets and with nothing beyond it. Then uh, private land is uh, is great. Okay. Yeah, I definitely have some people I can contact about that. If okay. you know the other route and, doesn't uh, work out. And uh cool. Appleseed is one of those projects that one of those uh, uh it's a it's always been a a turnkey uh program which is, you know, if you get us a range then then we'll bring an event in, well you know, whatever it takes, it's a, a turnkey project. We'll bring in the instructors, they the targets, uh, ammunition. I mean, uh, ammunition. Uh, the uh, uh johns the li- liability insurance. We'll bring everything with us. Wow. And, oh, and here's one question I didn't find yet. Um, how much do people pay to be a part of the project? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah, you don't want to know, it's man. Because nobody has energy. It's a lot. <laughs> As far as, as, uh, as any membership dues or anything like that, uh, there really is none other than if you want to uh, become a card-carrying uh, member, which we we advise everybody to do, it's a $20 a year membership that you pay in, and uh, and that just gives you a uh, uh, an Appleseed Project uh, membership. As far as uh, for you to be an instructor, no, there, you don't have to pay anything in, but, uh, and, but the other side of that is you don't get paid anything either. So right, right, uh, and most folks, uh, most folks do uh, the majority of what they do. Uh, they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're uh, they're usually paying their way for most of the stuff that they're doing. Now they're uh, we we we'll get you all we'll get you all uh, instructed on what the Apple does and doesn't pay for and stuff like that as far as reimbursements and stuff like that. 
but there is some some stuff that's uh, reimbursed, and uh, uh, we're not asking you to pay for every single thing, but just about, and uh, uh, we'll get you all squared away on that so that you'll know, and we'll get you uh, uh, fast-tracked into the instructor's uh, training program. Okay. Great. And so your, uh, did you say it was a boyfriend or a fiancé? Fiancé, yeah. Fiancé, okay, well, forget about that, because there'll be no time more for that anymore. So (laughs) say say goodbye goodbye to him. (laughs) (laughs) No, he'd probably get involved. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I was going to say, if you guys aren't already married, forget about it, but he's history. Uh, <laughs> He'd be right along there, right side, right by my side there with well, you. Know that would be perfect. That's absolutely the best way to do it. You can probably ask Kim, Jim, and Kim. Uh, as long as Jim and Kim already have a good response. If you don't, then don't ask them. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never well, seen them get. I've never seen them get out of the truck with like black eyes or, or bloody lips or anything. So I think that they're in pretty good shape. But uh, yeah, in about two weeks, we'll have been uh, married. Yeah. In about two weeks, we'll have been married 25 years. I think we're doing okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Go. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Well, that's obviously, that's the best way to do it because uh, if you can do something and share it with your significant other, then by gosh, then that, that, that is a perfect way uh, to spend time together. I mean, otherwise, you know, you're, you're spending time apart, and no matter how much uh, – the other person understands and, uh, you know, is in an agreement with it, it still makes it hard. My wife uh, never gives me any grief about uh, apple seed, but, of course, she's uh, uh, she was, uh, uh, you know, a member for a long time of a service uh, larger organization of uh, Junior League. She's still a member. Uh, she's the president of the... Uh, of the uh, of Bell County Junior League, uh, and it's a it's a very large organization here in Bell County, and, and so she understands the the requirements of a volunteer or service organization. But that doesn't mean that it makes it easier. It just means she understands. So right. if you can get both of you guys into the vehicle at once and you're at the same place at the same time, then that makes it a lot easier because. That way you can both write to each other and go, Oh man, you know, that was uh yeah, that was rough. Rather than saying Oh yeah, you had a rough time out there shooting and drinking beer while I was here doing such and such and uh, because that's what that's what most people think that if you go somewhere and you're you're involved in shooting that that's what it is. Oh yeah, they're out there drinking beer and shooting and stuff when Right. Well that's absolutely uh, uh not the case, but it's hard to drink explain beer it on the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but that's but if you're if you're if there's somebody that doesn't know what you're doing, that's just what they think. Or they're out there drinking beer and shooting the empty cans and stuff like that. They're just they're not doing anything. But the you know the actual job of instructor is really pretty intense uh, for a weekend, and uh, which always amazes me because I that's. Still, where I get to interact with my friends the most is at events because all, all my friends are Appleseed friends because I don't have time for anybody else. And uh, <laughs> and even then, on the Appleseed weekends, I don't get to speak to them that much because uh, we're all involved in instructing. Right. But nonetheless, it uh, uh, I, you know I've been doing it for seven years, so 
anything involved in it, I can guarantee I wouldn't be still doing it. There's certainly no pay involved. Right. Uh, but there is, there's, there are a lot of benefits, a lot of, uh, a lot of intangible uh, benefits in uh, right. being able to. Uh, well, first of all, the, the, on the plain outside of it is your. You're teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the nation to your fellow Americans. The absolute best. There's not another uh, program like this anywhere in the world. We have the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the nation. I'm not talking about baby or basics or anything like that. I'm talking about the fundamentals. And it's the absolute best program in the world. And on top of that, uh, you're talking to folks about their responsibilities as Americans. You talk to them about American heritage, uh, American history, and their responsibility as Americans. And then you're getting to meet uh, some of the absolute best folks in the world. Something about uh, something about the folks that are attracted to Appleseed uh, is bringing out the best folks in the nation, and you're coming into contact with them. So those are part of the uh, the intangible. Uh, Benefits, yes. Okay. I, uh, I have something I'd like to kind of add to that is we have been at the rallies at the Capitol here in Colorado, a number of them. The people who we know who are at those rallies are all Apple seed instructors. This last Monday, I believe we the full count was 14, plus ran into a student who had been at the Apple seed the weekend before. Um, so you get to, part of being with Appleseed is you get to be around people who not only have good intentions and want, intentions and want to see things change, but they actually do stuff. They take time off work. They take their weekends away from their family or with their family um, when they could be doing many, many other things. Some of us own small businesses, home businesses, where we could be making a lot more money. But the folks at Appleseed um, get out and actually – do something instead of just complain. Absolutely right, and uh, and I can guarantee you that uh, there's not there's not a whole lot of things I'd rather be doing on the weekend than sharing it with uh, Jim and Kim and Brett and Red Dot and Vortrekker and uh, all of the rest of the folks out there. So be sure to DM me, and uh, I will. I will get you started as quickly as I can. Uh, I'm on a real quickly. We're just about getting close to the end of the show here, and uh, and I want to put out some information for Battle Road. Now, Battle Road is not a uh, uh, is not really a sponsor for uh, for the radio show as far as. Uh, uh, paying any money, but Battle Road is the company that uh, myself and my business partner started, and uh, and I am paying the bills that the radio show costs me with the funds that uh, that are made from Battle Road. So I consider them kind of like uh, uh, our first actual sponsor. Although I want to make sure that Blog Talk knows I'm not getting any money from them. I'm just I'm just taking the money that I make as Battle Road. And I'm taking it out of my left pocket and putting it in my right pocket and taking it out of my right pocket and paying it to Blog Talk. Anyway, uh, you guys heard us talk about the uh, uh, 
the zombie destruction run that we had uh, on the uh, 23rd, we're running it again on October 12th. Uh, we had uh, over 100 folks show up for this last run, and uh, it was a success. It's going to be even bigger on October 12th. Uh, we're going to have uh, more shooting stations. Uh, we're going to have uh, some underground shooting stations. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, a, a great deal of changes to the uh, to the course, and uh, it's going to be even better. So you can go right now to uh, www.battleroadusa.com and reserve your place uh, in the event because we're going to I think we're going to have to cap it at 100 again this year, and it uh, it went, went pretty quick. There's also, uh, I believe we're holding 30 slots open for range officers. As a range officer, you don't have to pay, but you've got to work the event. And if you want to do that, you can contact us. Uh, go to the website. You can contact Mark. Get your name on the list as a range officer uh, for the event. And that will be uh, October 12, uh, 2013. And uh, it's going to be a pretty fantastic run-and-gun event uh, or run-and-walk-and-gun event. I don't want people to think you you don't have to run the whole, uh, I believe uh, last time I said it was 3.5 miles. It turned out it was a little more, probably like four-plus-something miles. Because next time it might turn out to be about five miles or so. And I know we're having it on the same weekend as the uh, uh, as the Tiger Valley bug out, but we're about 10 miles less. Uh, uh, well, you'll have to run about 10 miles less if you come to our event. I think theirs is 16 miles. Ours is only going to be five miles. Uh, and the other thing is, I've got a couple of spots left, but only a couple for the uh, precision rifle and sniper course that's going to be taught by one of our own guys, John Hawes. John Hawes is a was a sniper uh, and scout in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, he's been to almost every sniper course that the Army has to offer and graduated uh, with honors from them. He won the Silver Star in in his last engagement in Afghanistan, where, unfortunately, his platoon sergeant, Sergeant Jared Monty, uh, was killed and awarded the Medal of Honor. During this time in Afghanistan, uh, John learned a great deal and put his skills to use there as a sniper, and he's going to be giving you the benefits of his learning. This is a five-day precision rifle sniper course uh, here at Battle Road USA. Right? Five-day course, $500 for the five days, 500 round count. Uh, you can uh, you can PM me through the forum or email me at rangescout at uh, net. Okay, folks, uh, Jim, Tim, Shooter Girl, the rest of the guys, uh, uh, I want to thank you guys for calling in. I got a call here from Dan. I guess Dan dropped the call and he, he just got back. But, Dan, we're going to have to take you uh, this next week. Be sure and call back in. Thank you, guys, and I will see you uh, this next Thursday. And I, I wanted to remind you that uh, uh, that Adam Baldwin, Adam, you guys are going to remember Adam Baldwin. He was Animal Mother in Full Metal Jacket. He's going to be on this next week to talk to us about and uh, give us a view of the California conservative. All right, thank you all, guys. God bless you, and we'll see you this next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central, on the uh, Rifleman Radio Show. Thanks, guys, and good night. Good night.
Thank you. Good day.
tracking who we need. You call this liberty. 